Mr. Pop. <laughs> what the hell was going on in the 70s? This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Greetings and welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast that combines a little bit of a uh, little bit of music, a little bit of sport, a little bit of kind of everything, uh, and uh, tonight a little bit of unpredictability about who's on this particular podcast because it is myself, Kevin Hillier, and uh, and Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. And we had a little bit of uh, STDs on last week's show, Kev, and um, I'm really looking forward to this week's show because we've got um, twenty five seconds. <laughs> 25 bloody seconds, Mannix. What? And you bring up a sexually transmitted disease. I was just recapping on last week's show, Kev, much like Breaking Bad did. Right. Um, Good. Right. Boom, boom, boom. um, And, you know, I'm looking forward to this week's show because we've got a record amount of – record amount on the death toll. And, um, (laughs) you know, I'm sure our fans are waiting to find out who died. And a lot of feedback off the Facebook page about last week's episode, but we'll get to that later because Finey's out. Mm. Finey's crook. Um, Crook uh, as a dog. Yes, he is. He can, he can, well, he's actually not sick. His throat's not sore and he's not sick, but he can't talk. Uh, And the reason being that he umpired that Ajax uh, 50th anniversary game (laughs) yesterday. And,. Uh, with the whistle being not very loud, it meant that he had to yell a lot to get the attention of the playing group. Uh, the fact that they were all over 50s, I think might have, they also probably might have been a bit deaf and they might not want to, wanted to hear what finally had to say. So there was a bit of selective hearing loss and whatever. So he hasn't got a voice. So he's phoned me twice today going... Um, couldn't, so- he have, couldn't he have just, you know, got the whistle out and Morse-coded his pick <laughs> on the charts and his tips... With us over the phone. He would have loved to have done that, but he's uh, so he's not with us tonight. But and I have for those of you who don't think he umpired the uh, the Ajax game, I was sent a video today. I've done screenshots of it, and I'll be uh, sharing some of those screenshots of finding in action as an umpire on our Facebook page. So look out for those. It's a lovely little uh, slideshow of uh, of finding in action with the very very low <laughs> low speaking, yeah. like that Seinfeld episode, the low you speaking gotta, you whistle. Go. You got to go in with a big whistle, and um, <laughs> did he have his um, disguise kit that he bought from the Chinese shop? No, on? No, you no, know, with the did. monocle. He should have. He should have. He's not. Well, not in not in any of the photos I have that I've uh, taken off the uh, off the video that they did. So in Finey's right. place, I put him on standby this afternoon, thinking that Finey might be okay, but we'd have him on anyway because he's a good bloke and he's been on the show before. Ken Francis, hello, Ken. good on you, Kevin Brian. Good to be with you. Oh, pleasure to have you here with us, mate. You're a legend, you're a superstar and um, the perfect replacement for finding and just want to know if you've got a whistle. Well, I, have, I haven't wet it yet, but uh, that'll be later. That's yes. uh, my job. Right <laughs> <up>. <laughs> now, we've got a lot to get through. We've got, obviously, the footy we'll have a look at in a minute. Uh, we've got uh, this week's chart, which is uh, – I don't quite know how I would describe this week's chart. I, I think the top ten is – there's some nice, good stuff in it, but I think the top ten is putrid. Brian? Uh, yeah. Um, I felt most of this chart was putrid, but um, – there were some really great classics in there. So I found it quite easy to pick my top three, and I probably could have had a top five. Um, of and, good ones, really? Yeah, I could have. Um, that would have about done it. But um, And 
Yeah, the bad ones, which you can go on forever. But um, I actually did some research, and I I think I found the worst number one, the worst my number one worst. So I think I've got it right. Okay, there's a lot I didn't, I, a lot I didn't remember out of this chart. I must admit, Ken, would, would you I, have a look at it? I actually, similar to Brian, I had a look through the chart, and I thought there's so many good songs on here. I could do a list of twenty good ones. Mm. But I, the charts are all relative to when you grew up, aren't they? They're the relative music to is. yeah. They're, so they're relative to what the songs mean to you because yeah. you were doing something at the time that that yeah. does that kind of pushes a button for you. But there's yeah. there's a lot of um, gee, there's a lot of country music in this chart. If it, it's very easy to uh, spot a pre countdown chart, isn't it? Because yeah. when chart da- uh, when ca- uh, countdown came along, the charts were just totally different. And yeah. you can really t- you can look at a chart from 1973 and a chart from 1975, and you can really see the influence of countdown. And it's also, yes. you know, really interesting when you look at a chart that has two Gary Glitter songs in it. <laughs> hey, I don't want a bit of that. Yeah, I do too. They, they, they didn't make my um, top three, but they would have made four and five. Um, yeah, I reckon they're great songs. Yeah. And that's a great observation, Ken, about how the charts changed when Countdown came on. It's it's very true and something I've never considered before. So well done. Because if you think kicked. about it, you have a look at some of the people in this chart. Uh, Perry Como is in, is in this chart. Um, Johnny Chester is in this chart. There's people in this chart who, if you saw a film clip of them singing, Inglebert Humperdinck's in this chart. A lot of a lot of mad root rats is what you're saying, Kev. <laughs> I'm saying a lot of older members of the, uh, you know, that bloody horrible right. number two song. What's that thing called? God, it's awful. Uh, I don't want to play House or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, um, Barbara Ray. And Cole Joy's in this. There's a lot of older performers in this. If you put those clips on countdown, the kids would have been going, hang on a minute. <laughs> it's just like the RSL. Well, What's going on here? You know? Well, before Countdown, there was the Mike Walsh show, I guess. And so... Well, no, remember, with Mike Walsh. Remember, we were talking to, and you'll hear it in a forthcoming episode of um, of Life of Brian. When we talked to Normie Rowe recently, he was talking mm. about the fact he never appeared on Countdown. He's in this chart too. He never appeared on Countdown. Never once was he ever on Countdown. Yet he had a, obviously a top forty hit in this. But they all went. All he appeared every week for four or five years, twice a week on, on the Ra- Mike Walsh on show. Ra- oh, the Mike Walsh or Ray Martin show. Yeah. yeah. So you've got them guys invading the charts. He used to play a lot of gigs at Rooty Hill. Yes, RSL. Yes, yeah. they did. All the big, <laughs> and that's when all the big um, leagues clubs in Sydney, Penrith and South Sydney, and all those—they were the big venues. Don Lane, I think, had a permanent residency at the South Sydney Footy Club because of uh, he barracked and, and for I him. Think, I, I think he was regular. At the Oriental Plum, I think he was quite regular there. Don't, don't you know, dare I'm go sure. where you're taking this. I'm telling you now. Just, I'm warning I'm you. Just, <laughs> I think that's a venue. That's it's, it's it was the name of the 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 room where you'd play at one of the leagues clubs. I'm not sure. Mm. I could be wrong on yeah, that. Yeah, you could be. You very well could be. <laughs> now, I'm going to read the top ten of this, and then we're going to get into the footy tips. Finally, has sent his footy tips, and he sent his top three. Uh, good and bad song. So number 10 on this chart, oh, God. Um, this is, incidentally, from uh, Friday the 3rd of August 1973. So, you know, it's it's almost to the day. Uh, number 10 was Daisy A Day by Judd Strunk. My dad loved it. Another country song that was just, you know, awful. Number nine, Hound Dog by Sherbet. <laughs> I think Garth Porter sang that. Is that right, Ken? No, no, that was Daryl. Actually, 
I might go into a later on chart take, but Hound Dog was actually released as a single purely for Melbourne because oh. Sherbet found coming from Sydney that Melbourne was a lot more rock and roll in the early 70s. Okay. And they, they thought they'd really got to try and break through in Melbourne as Skyhook's aim, Skyhook's only aim when they started was to try and break through in Sydney because yeah. Melbourne bands hadn't really broken in Sydney. Sherbet's aim with Hound Dog was to try and break Melbourne. So that's why they released that. It was purely released to try and break that rock and roll Melbourne market. Wow. There you go. Uh, yeah, bet bet Fiddy wouldn't have known that. Well, no, <laughs> no, number yeah, nine. Bet. Number nine. So they, they did what they did what they wanted it to do, even if it stunk. Uh, number eight, Destiny Song <laughs> by Band of Light. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Band of Light, but they were a kind of offshoot of, of the Lardy Dars, sort of. Um, so they're mm. at uh, they're at number eight, number seven. Delta Dawn by Helen Reddy and Nola Francis. What's Nola got to do with the price of kettle of fish thing? Well, Ken might know. I think I reckon. Do you know anything about Nola? That's my mum, <laughs> Ken Francis. Really, Nola Francis. What's, what's Nola doing on Delta Dawn? Oh, well, she's retired now. Gave it away. She did the leagues clubs and was quite big at the Oriental Plum. But uh, okay, giving it, it away now. Long since retired. In fact, do it. They used to say she was the Oriental it? Plum. <laughs> wow, that's anyway. I'll tell oh, you later, Brian. I'll yeah. tell you later. Tell you later when All we right, get the then. chart. Number six, if we try by Don McLean. Oh, hell. Number five, hello, hello, I'm back again by Gary Glitter. Number four, tie yellow ribbon by Dawn. Number three, heaven is my woman's love by Cold Joy. Number two, I don't want to play house by Barbara Ray. And number one. Never, never, never by Shirley Bassey. Well, we know what's going to happen tonight, don't we? Yes, we do. I have the lyric sheet in front of me. The, the ambulance will arrive. <laughs> yes. Every chance the ambulance will arrive. I had to listen to it this afternoon just to make sure it was the love song. That you I had to love, oh. you had to love, you had to. We got an APB. Uh, love, you had to love, you had to. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. It's going to be a long night, Ken. <laughs> strap, your, <laughs> strap yourself in, Kenny. All right. Now we've had a, an, an inordinate amount of uh, of very successful, famous, and uh, lovable people pass away in the last our, seven days. Our, our biggest death toll ever, Kev. Close to it, I would think. Um, in no particular order either. I'm not doing this when they died or how old they were or how important they were, but. Uh, actor Paul Sorvino, who was, I must admit, one of my favourites, Mira Sorvino's dad, but he was in uh, Goodfellas and he was in Law and Order. Really good actor. Really good in, actor. Who did he play in Goodfellas? I can't remember the name of his character, but he was big, tall, imposing, had a lot of scenes with Ray Liotta in, uh, in uh, Goodfellas. Um, had, had the big sort of square head and really, he was about six foot five or somewhere around there. Really good actor, Paul Sorvino. Uh, he was 83. Frankie Davidson passed away in the last week. He was 88. Uh, of course, had massive hits with uh, on, on the Fable label back in that, around about this time that we're doing the chart, around the late 60s, early 70s. He had, a, I think, The Ball Bearing Bird was one of his. Um, he had some really big hits, Frankie Davidson, and was a regular around the Melbourne club circuit in that I think I 70s. think uh, he was having a little uh, holiday at Surface Paradise. At the particular time when this chart came out, that's oh, why he? Frankie doesn't appear on this chart. He would have been but, up um, playing at Paul Sharrett's up on the Gold Coast. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Paul Sherritt is the equivalent of Johnny and Tiki. Down. Remember John and Tiki down in Melbourne? Used absolutely. To, yep. Absolutely. Okay. I worked for them for well, a while. Paul Sherritt had a, had a thing in the Gold Coast that was there all the time. From I Melbourne. saw you there at Tiki and John's. You were good. No. no what a, <laughs> the, only thing, the, the best thing about it was, like, I just felt like I was just prostituting myself, something shocking. Um, but. You know, some bad things in your life happen for a reason. And when it came to put together my countdown play, I had inadvertently learned how to do it with a minimal cast by working at um, Crazy House. So, yeah. So, Hang on. You know, what, what were you doing at Crazy House? I was dancing. I was doing helping with the magic act. I was, I was, I was, I was like, I'm doing. So, is this Brian Manning the lost years? When was this? Up. Oh, in the 90s, I couldn't get arrested. So um, I was working with some really good people, um, but geez, my heart just wasn't in it, and it just I just thought, you know, life's come to this. But that's why I, I say it is that um, you sometimes you're doing something really shithouse in your life, but then two years later you realise, ah, oh, yeah, I know how to put this show together because I saw how we did it. Crazy house. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, if things are going shit in your oh. life, don't worry. It's probably for a reason. It's going to help you in two years. All skills that uh, that uh, come in handy later. Tony Dow is 77. He died. He was Wally in Leave It to Beaver, if you remember Yeah, him. that was sad. Yeah. Now, that, I that love was, Leave It to Beaver. That was a really strange one because uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, said to me, oh, um, uh, Tony Dow, who played Wally in Leave It to Beaver's died. And I said, oh, okay. And then she came out about two minutes later and said, oh, no, hang on, he hasn't. So what do you mean? She said, "Well, a couple of people have posted that he's dead, and the family have cracked the you know what's because he's not dead yet. He's in palliative care, but he hasn't actually croaked it. But they were all putting it on Facebook and Instagram and all those things, saying, oh, no, he's dead. Uh, good mate of mine, terrific, blah blah blah.' Now they're they- getting him any beaver. Why well, did I the know? Beaver's an orphan. Yeah, beaver's the the only one left from the car. Is he still alive? The, yeah, Jerry Method. Yeah, Jerry Method still alive. Yeah." That but is- the thing was, with the with the announcement of Tony Dow's passing, the the Tony Dow Facebook page was actually advised by Tony's wife that he had passed away. That's why it went public. Oh. And then then there was a retraction about an hour later, saying, "Look, we were informed uh, by his wife, but we we now have been informed that he hasn't left us as yet, but he's in the final stages." Because I was one of the ones who put up a thing on Facebook saying, "Oh, I'm terribly sad to learn this morning that." Tony Dow, while he's passed away. Yeah. And then, sure enough, I had to retract. Oh, okay. Oh, you got caught in that. I didn't realise yeah. that. There you go. Uh, how prophetic. It's, it's on you. It's how, on you, Ken. How, how prophetic is that TV show, though? Leave it to Beaver. Beaver's the only one they've left the planet to Beaver. They did. There you yeah. Go. It, it happened. Nobody. Was it? People well, said it, it wouldn't a- happen. I said it would. It did. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before. <laughs> Oh, so that's what's on top of his head. <laughs> it's a beaver. Yeah. <laughs> it's got sort of beaver on his head. Because he knows the world is left to beaver. Leave it to beaver. Yes. Um, Nichelle Nichols passed <laughs> away today. She was uh, Lieutenant Uhura in Star Trek. She oh, was, yeah. She was, had the first interracial kiss. Yeah. yeah I, think she, I think she had a lot of firsts for a, for uh, a coloured woman on, uh, on television. Yeah, she wasn't a maid. She was a, a responsible. Yep. It was the non first non stereotypical 
ethnic role. It yeah. Called black American and ethnic. I don't know. That sounds yeah. probably wrong. But yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, no. She's um, yeah, she's got quite a legacy, I think. You know, yeah, apart from the acting in the movie she made, I think that um, her acting was probably more important than anything Tom Cruise has done. A bit of one of those things that <laughs> would be hard. A bit of one of those things that we uh, we used to talk about a lot on this program. A game changer. I think she was a game changer. Mm. Well, the game will never be the same again. Exactly. Maybe it's changed. Well, Go, kid. Thanks, Brian. No, no, go, Brian. No, no. no you, you I, went I, went, I, I ran out of ideas. <laughs> I'm going to put the can of beer in the bin. So <laughs> off you go. Uh, and Bill Russell. I, I was never a big. I was never a big Trekkie. Yeah. But Star Trek. You, we talked about you know your, your memories associated with music, and that's why I love them. When my dad first got a color TV, my dad, mum, and dad were separated, so I would go and stay with dad on the weekend, uh, which was you know. Okay, up until a point where in 1975 he got a colour TV when we didn't have one at home, Ooh. and you would just you would watch anything that was on colour TV, and he let me stay up. And I remember Star Trek coming on; it would have come on way past my bedtime. But to sit there and watch Star Trek in colour in 1975 was just mind blowing. Oh yeah, and they were because it was a pretty cool looking show in terms of mm. uh, you look at it now and you go, my God, what were they thinking? But for that time, all those uniforms that they had and all yeah. that, uh, yeah, it was. It was quite futuristic and, and the quite spectacular in really good, and, yeah. and it came up, yeah, it came up really well on Colour TV, on the old Rank Arena. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Well, you, you, do you remember, Kev, you're probably a bit young for you, Ken, but when you go to the Royal Melbourne show and Channel 7 would have a, like, site there where you could go and watch Colour TV. Yeah. And you'd queue up and, you know, here's the monkeys in colour. Oh, wow. You know, and, you know, and then later on it was like, oh, there's Fonzie in colour. And it was it was just, yeah, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, it was. Cap TV. It was. was. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, no, it did. Certainly did. Certainly that was a game changer. Um, Bill what Russell. Happened to, what happened What yeah. happened to the curve TVs that were going to be all the sick? <laughs> the what? Remember they made were making yeah, TVs with the corners <laughs> turning in for about a month. Must have been the worst idea ever. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I missed them. Well, there, it's going to be the new thing with TVs. That your TV sort of like was, you know, sort of it just curved. It wasn't flat. It curved. Oh yeah, okay. For like out like a yeah. saucer. Yeah, it sort of meant round. It's yeah. sort of like yeah, like a round edge swimming pool. Yeah, or something. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I don't that was a good idea. You're right. They're That's, on sale for about a month. Yeah. They, no, everybody said, no, I don't need a round, no. a round um, thing. All right. Sorry, Kev. That's all right. Bill Russell died at the age of 88, the uh, American basketball legend and uh, civil rights activist and uh, the Boston Celtics. Any basketball fans have been to that. And the last one uh, that we have to mention uh, is Archie Roach, who passed away at, mm. uh, at 66 this week. An awful lot of people jumping on social media and uh, showing their tenuous um, uh, link with him and uh, and all that sort of stuff, which happens with these things. It's quite interesting to see that, um, but obviously an enormous legacy musically and uh, and uh, and for the the, the First Nations people, uh, a, a great loss. Mm. Yeah, and I think you know, like the Rolling Stones and Elvis, they loved. Black music, and then once again, you know, I think music through Archie has, um, you know, done quite a lot to unite the country. Yep, yep.
And, uh, you know, he wrote his sort of biography, I think it was in 2019. I, I actually tried to get him for the, the podcast I do with authors and couldn't get him in the end because he, he wasn't he wasn't terribly well at the time. So uh, he battled with, uh, you know, all sorts of things as a result of the way he lived his life and uh, uh, had the scars to, to, to kind of go with that, but uh, obviously left an indelible legacy that uh, will be celebrated uh, long long into the future by, by yeah, people. absolutely. Right well said. So. All right, let's get to the footy. That's you all right, me, <laughs> mate. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm coming here, I've been mean, quite friendly, and then you come out with, all right. Well, you yeah. know. You may as well just I've been, call my I've been watching, a slut. I've been <laughs> What? <laughs> I've been watching the Commonwealth Games. That's it's starting to it's starting to wear on me already. Um <sighs> Mick, Mick Malloy had the best line I think I've ever heard about the Commonwealth Games on the front bar the other night. He said, the Commonwealth Games is the Olympics without the cheats. <laughs> and I think he's got it right. I think he's got it right. It's sort of like the inter-school. It's like the uh, the, inter, the, uh, the house athletics from school and then you go on and oh, yes. the Olympics is like the you know when you go against the other schools. But the Commonwealth Games is like the house sports. Maybe you should just have Australia be gold and then get some of those other really shit-ass countries just to join together and be green and you have red and yellow. And blue, you know, yeah, you just colours. have the four. Yeah. You just have four yeah. houses. Most schools had yeah. four houses. Yeah. Because yeah. aren't we winning everything? Well, pretty much. It's embarrassing for the other countries. We're, we're getting first, second and third in some events and stuff and we'll get probably upwards of 100 gold medals in, out of it. I wouldn't be surprised when you see a final where it's lane one to eight and they're all Australians. No, they kind of make sure that that doesn't happen, but um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be surprising. But anyway, I'm optimistic for the future, Kev. Good, Brian. <laughs> are, you, are you optimistic about your football tipping, Brian? Because that's been look. Um, I tell you what, you're uh, a late entrant in the I'm- Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, well, no. Who was the only person who picked Adelaide to beat uh, Carlton? Yeah. Me? Okay. I'll give. Yeah. I'll grant you that. You were. Yeah. I also predicted GWS to beat Sydney. That was stupid. Correct. Yeah. All right. Frio to beat Frio to beat Melbourne. Port yeah, Adelaide to beat Collingwood. Why? Yeah, you didn't do well. You got four. Finally, mm. and I each got seven. Um, obviously, because the Western Bulldogs lost, and uh, none of us picked. Uh, well, you picked the Crows, but Finey and I both went for Carlton, and Finey also missed on picking the Lions to beat Richmond, mm. as you did. Mm. Right. Um, and I picked. Who Richmond. did win? Richmond. I picked Richmond. Yeah, no, Richmond. Oh, Richmond. Yeah, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were gone at half time, mm. and. It was Bang. six goals to one at about the 10-minute mark of the first quarter. I looked at it and went, well, I'm not going to bother watching that. <laughs> and then then came back into the room at the, about the 15-minute mark of the last quarter and the scores were even. I went, how did that happen? Yeah, what happened? It's just bizarre. Who do you break for, kid? <laughs> do we have to? Are you a Saints man? I'm a Saints man. So, yeah. You're Being in. Fine. We, we feel the pain. You're in, but you're in. Yeah, oh yeah, we're in. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you reckon? Do you reckon a Saints fan gets excited? Yeah, no, no, no. I understand no. that because I, I reckon it's not necessarily going to be the team that is going to be the best that makes the eighth. It's going to be the one that stuffs up the least that gets yeah. the eighth spot. Yeah. I, I, in fact, if Finey was here, I was going to ask him if he was in the exact same place that I was exactly thirty years ago today, as we record this. 
because 30 years ago today, St Kilda played their last game at Moorabbin. Who was that against? Fitzroy, just to show how much the game has changed. Now, wasn't that the game that finally was in the cheer squad and did the banner? I'm pretty sure that's why I was hoping he'd be here to chat to. Yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm sure he was. He he was in the. I don't know if he was actually in the cheer squad, but he did the banner, and I remember they did that interview because we've we've actually run the um, run the video on uh, on our social media a few times here. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a big day, and footy's never been the same since. Without Moravan, yeah. Yeah, I miss it. That's only said yeah. by St Kilda supporters, never said by people from other clubs who went there. <laughs> That's why we miss it. I miss going to Windy Hill and the Western Oval was good to go to. Yeah. I, no, I it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh, well, Not it wasn't for opposition supporters. For, 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 for your team, going to your ground is magnificent. Going to anyone else's ground was was great because you think about it now, but at the time when you're going, oh, God, i got to go to Victoria Park. Where the frig are we going to park? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'll get a bloody ticket. Jesus Christ, some bastard will sideswipe my car. Strip. Essendon. Yep. When it was Essendon, you just suddenly see these cars parked on the, you know, the nature strips and in the middle of the, 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 the garden in the middle of the road, just cars everywhere. Yep. From my mum's house, you'd hear the, the crowd go and you go, oh, yes, we could. Tom, I'll wander in and have a quick look. So, yeah, no, I, I, I understand why they had to move on to bigger venues, but gee whiz. They were great days. Oh, I oh, know. I, I loved them. Oh, I loved the days of going. And, and you, know, you would have – Moorabbin was like a – I mean, it was like your own little social club, wasn't it? Oh, totally. And, in fact, you know, in those days, of course, we used to um, play on a Saturday and my brother and I – because we live across the road. I still live across the road from the, uh, the Saints ground. My brother and I – brother was two years older. He and I would go across to training on a Sunday morning and because yeah, we were just six, seven, eight, nine years old. We'd also wander into the, the club rooms and then into the uh, the big Sunday social event that would take place at Moravan, <laughs> which I'm sure the people there just thought we were the kids of either somebody from the uh, the management or some what, kids of the players <laughs> or something, and they just let us wander in. Well, the things we saw at six years of age <laughs> going on at Moravan was unbelievable. Yeah, those Sunday mornings were fairly – they were actually uh, wilder than the Saturday nights sometimes. Yes. And when I you consider t- we had the Saints disco, <laughs> it's saying something. Yes, so I've been to the Saints Disco back in the Trevor Barker days with Barks and a few of those boys. Yeah. Do, do you remember the days, Kev? God, I don't know if it was still going when you you were there, Ken. But you could go to the change room straight after the game. Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm a little kid, probably five or six, and here's this dick wandering around, you know, with <laughs> cock out and bums and shit. I'm thinking, why the. F- would anybody want to come in here now? It's like we used to go in and just see the players take their clothes off and shit. What the – do you remember that, Kev? It, it is bizarre <laughs> to think about it now. I remember I would go in again with my brother and sometimes with Dad and would sometimes have my little sister with us and she had to stand outside. She wasn't allowed in and you'd go in that oh, and sort of God. like roped off with a string and as you say, the players would be in the shower. They'd let you in. You'd all stand behind the string and everybody would pile into the club room and out they'd come, rubbing themselves with the towels and everything was hanging out and jiggling about. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yep. It's like, you know, here's a kid under 10 and here, have a look at a grown man's cock. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, it's it was so wrong when you think back on it. And I'd only just, what you were saying, Ken, it sparked a memory. Um, 
Yeah, I've been seeing North Melbourne Dicks and Carlton Dicks and ah, and Essendon Dicks. I shouldn't have had to do that. That's why I'm so wrecked now. It's, that's what happened. Oh, that's the reason. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> what happened when you were young? I went into <laughs> I went to the footy. Hang on, you're an altar boy at, uh, at St. Watsits, so don't be starting blaming football clubs on what's wrong with you. They've got, they got nothing to do with what's going on in your head, Mannix. You're kidding me, aren't it all started with the footage. <laughs> Good God. Uh, all right. Uh, well, different days. Different days. Oh, uh, you know, could I go in and watch the Matildas or the cricket the girl cricket team go do the same today? Because I'd I'd be up for that. When you think about it, it's just bizarre. I thought about it today and I had that exact image in my head. Thought, <laughs> what the hell was going on in the 70s? Yeah, no, <laughs> there was a lot going on, but in the 80s, too. It only really stopped around the 90s, I think, at some stage. When uh, And then there was the big hoo-ha when female reporters start to go into press conferences and back yeah. into the change rooms after and blokes, some blokes would go and hide in the corner. Other blokes would be walking around going, have a look at this. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, there was a fair bit of that going on, don't worry. Well, would you think it was in their contract, Kev or, and uh, Ken, uh, you know, like – No, it was in know, their constitution, not their contract. You're, you're playing <laughs> football. You're in this game. You'll do a certain amount of PR and um, you'll be prepared to show – Whatever punters we let into the bedroom, <laughs> your dick after the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know Billy Smith gets called up before the uh, the uh, committee and the the board to answer the fact that he's exceeded his five dick limit in the chains rooms by round five. Uh, Billy, that's just not on. We've told you before, oh. mate. Once every three weeks, you can let it hang out. You've been suspended. We're going to find you anyway. Uh, let's get to the football tips, not the football dicks. We just did. Yes, I think we're just we did. talking about football tips. Now I've got uh, I've got Finey's <laughs> tips, so he's uh, he's a here in front of me. He's uh, he's sent them through to me. Can he jump in here with us, uh, yep. and uh, we'll get your thoughts too? Uh, now, Brian, first game is Melbourne and Collingwood at the MCG on Friday night. I'm going to go Melbourne. Collingwood's yep. win is going to finish. I watched the game on uh, whenever it was, and. Um, when Melbourne do zone defence, I can see why people try to do it. They were they were brilliant. So um, I, they're good at it. Yeah, I, th- I think they're finding themselves. And yeah, you just couldn't uh, apart from the first fifteen minutes or whatever. You just couldn't you couldn't get past their defence, and so they were great. Yep, and they'll stop Collingwood from scoring. I think that's why I'm tipping them. Uh, who are you going for, Ken? I'm actually going for the Pies. I reckon they're going to be the surprise packet of the uh, the end of the season. Okay, and finally, he's gone for Melbourne. Uh, now what? it's Hawthorne and the Gold Coast Suns, University of Tasmania Stadium, one forty-five on Saturday afternoon. It's sort of the Hawks' quasi home game. Finey's going for the Suns here, which is interesting. Wow. Okay, they were good last week, but um, gee whiz, Hawthorne. they are good. Uh, oh, good. here we go. Here's Mr. Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and actually, I normally at Kev, I would say, well, you know, the climate from. Beautiful up here to really cold Tasmania will upset them. Mm-hmm. But I went into the um, the cold room at the BWS only to find most of the team sitting in there with the beers, acclimatising themselves for this week's game. That's how dedicated they are. Fair enough. And so Gold Coast Suns for me. All right. I'm going the Hawks in an upset. Kenny? Yeah, I'll go the Hawks. I reckon they'll bounce back. All right. 
GWS play Essendon. Oh, won't this be a great game? Won't this be one to write home about? <laughs> Two great sides meeting in their traditional battleground of the Giants Stadium on Saturday afternoon at 2.10. I'm putting down I couldn't give a shit who wins, but I'll uh, I'll say that uh, that uh, team, I think Essendon will win, but I don't have any great conviction or interest in it. Fine, he's also gone for Essendon. Ken? Yeah, Essendon. Uh, ye of right, the, you have little faith in the Bombers. <laughs> Here he comes. Well, you know, I don't like this to be the project where everybody just agrees and just adds on to the same idea. But, and I think GWS, they have embarrassed themselves for months now, yep. so they will be fired up. And, but I'm just going to enjoy the game more if I go for Bombers. Okay. Bulldogs play Fremantle Saturday afternoon, 4.35 at Marvel Stadium. Obviously, I'm going to go for the Bulldogs, but uh, Geelong uh, gave us a bit of a lesson in uh, in how to play footy in that second half, particularly that third quarter, uh, which has uh, made Mr Fine go for the Dockers to win this one, even though it's at Marvel Stadium. Ken? Wow. No, no, I'm going Footscray. Yeah. yeah speaking well, of the old days, Footscray to me. They'll yes. always be Footscray to me. Yeah, sort of me too, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Brian? No, it's not always to you, Kev. You love saying, where's the Bulldogs? <laughs> you love that. <laughs> I, I picked them last week just so I could say it. And the, yeah, where did is. that get me? Yeah. No, um, Purple Power will come oh, back. It's going to be Purple Rain, wherever it is. All right, uh, so the Fremantle for you. Uh, Geelong play St Kilda. Oh, dear, oh, dear. At uh, GMHBA Stadium, Saturday night, Geelong are cooking with uh, with all the gas. That's why we've got a gas shortage because Geelong are using it all. Um, and I th- unfortunately think they'll beat you, Ken. you hold any hopes for your mob? No. you you got to – you know, you just got to tip with the, the head, not the heart. And Nah, you you got to tip Geelong in this one. Okay. I'm just saying what's uh, – yeah, fine. He's gone for the Cats too. Well, uh, actually, actually, mm, Ken, mm. no, you don't. Yeah, see, there you go. No, you don't. Geelong, mm. you know, oh. they're on fire. There is no doubt about oh, that. They'll probably, they'll probably win the, the whole freaking thing. However, the Saints, they're a chance to make the eight. They're, they're in the eight. Know, so, yeah, but they might get kicked out after this week, so I wouldn't get too excited about that. Mm. But I think <laughs> that there will be more desperation in the brains of the St Kilda players and the Cats. It's going to be a mighty upset. Saints for me. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> this oh. is why I am the football guru. Correct. You well, are. About 14 behind the winner, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, sixteen. <laughs> who's who's bothering to count now? Uh, uh, Saturday night, uh, Port Adelaide play Richmond at the Adelaide Oval. Mm, interesting one. This now, Finey has picked the Tigers to win this. I uh, I'm with him. I think the Tigers will win this one as well. Ken? Yeah, no, you got to go the Tigers. Yep. They're just too strong. All right, Brian, tell us why Port Adelaide will win. Well, well, you don't want to be, be the project. You don't want to agree with us. Well, all. okay. Well, let's, yeah, oh, the other thing about the project Richmond is you can you can you can agree with everyone and still sound like a dickhead. Well, <laughs> you know, if you think that you guys sound like a dickhead, that's that's your <laughs> subjective view. I personally, I welcome your insights into the game oh. of football. But no, um, Port Adelaide. Um, yeah, yeah, I have to do the opposite, but. Um, I think the um, 
the umpires will be there with the Port Adelaide. The crowd will be there. They need to get off to a good start. And um, who are they playing? Tigers. Oh, Tigers looked so good last week. They were, they were gone at half time. They were. And then, bang, back they came. So I'm sure uh, the Port Adelaide people, Ken Hinckley, will have had a good look at that game, seen what they're doing, sussed out a counter plan, and that's why Port will win. That's my tip. Okay. Uh, North Melbourne take on the Sydney Swans, Marvel Stadium. Uh, Finey has gone Swans, which I think is probably the sensible choice here. Brian? Well, I think North were unfortunate last week when they played Essendon because they had three players out with COVID. Um, and, you know, I think that their, their mental capacity will be really revving up for a win. And with that in mind, I'll go for Sydney. Hmm. Is that who they're playing? Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> no, they are. <laughs> yes, know, it is, Brian. I, I reckon the Southport Sharks or Williamstown can beat North Melbourne. No, at that's the unfair. Mm. That's unfair. It's an opinion. So you, uh, you no, so you. Why are you so anti-free speech? You what, <laughs> Joe Biden? Are you? You know, crikey. No, no. no they're, look, they're terrible. They are terrible, North Melbourne. And I watched the VFL side a few weeks back, and they're terrible too. So I don't know. I don't know how they fix that. Uh, Swans for you, Ken? Yeah. I look, you know, being a St Kilda supporter, you know what it's like to to see a team down the bottom and struggling and, you know, you, you feel for them, but you just can't tip them. You've got to go Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. Brisbane Lions and Carlton will play at the Gabba on uh, Sunday afternoon at 3.20. Ken, you can kick us off. Who do you like here? Um, look, Carlton have been really surprising this year. And, um, you know, at home, I've got to tip Brisbane. Yep. Yeah. I think I, I, well, I was really 50-50 on this one, I have to admit looking at the form and stuff, but, you know, I just think at home Brisbane are going to be too strong. And, uh, but, I think but Carlton have really surprised a few people this year, I reckon. But I've, I've, I saw something, and I didn't read it, uh, you know, to, to the nth degree, but there was something about the, on the road Carlton really are, have struggled this year, even though they've taken some big scalps during the season. Their on-the-road form has been pretty ordinary, so I'd go for the Lions up in mm. Brisbane. Brian, yeah. who do you like, the Lions or Carlton? I know you hate Carlton. Well, yeah, no, um, exactly right, Kev. Um, no. I think the the Lions will easily take care of Carlton. Carlton's had the easiest draw of any team in the competition this year. And, yeah, they made sure they looked good at the start of the season. They're coming into some more difficult matches over the next couple of weeks. And, no, Brisbane, they're, you know, they, they want to win the flag this year. And they've been off-boil, so they will be fired up and ready to rock. Okay. Lions all round for everybody there. Last game of the weekend, it's on uh, Foxtel. It's at Optus Stadium. It's Sunday afternoon at 4.10. God give me strength. It's the West Coast Eagles against the Adelaide Crows. Oh, my God. This will be the one that uh, the Foxtel will use for their negotiating tool to get the price down for <laughs> the renegotiations of the broadcast deal. Uh, good God. Uh, I'm going to tip the Eagles. I'll, I'll go off the bat here. I'm tipping the Eagles. Finey's gone for the Eagles as well. Ken? No, I'll make it three. Yeah. Okay. Brian? Where is it? It's Where is it? in Perth at Optus Stadium. I don't think it matters to my Crows. 
They have, they are full of confidence. They are chock full of beans. <laughs> and uh, after the want to be on steroids after the historic <laughs> after beans. the historical victory against Carlton um, last week, they'll be fired up. They'll be confident, and they will win. Oh, you're staying with them. You're going for two in a row with them, are you? All right. Oh, look, I think they'll possibly get two and a half in a row. Okay. Hoping, hoping you're the same, Brian. <laughs> All right, that's the uh, that's the footy done and dusted. Now a bit of feedback, uh, both on the uh, on the chart uh, that I put up this week. This is this 1973 abomination, Ooh. God, um, which has Shirley Bassey at number one. And love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you. <laughs> There's people, in man, that, we got there's, there's people in that high rise that you're you're living in now on the on the tenth floor going, holy shit, there's an what's going there's an ambulance. Um, oh, I'm glad I'm glad I'm in this joint because I'm, I'm no, I'm I'm pretty soundproof here. It's oh, yeah. okay. Love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you. Hate you. <laughs> yeah, but, I yeah, but, hey, Brian, we can hear you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good good call, Ken. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to go to this chart now. Just a little bit of feedback before we get into our thoughts, and I've got to find his thoughts on uh, his top uh, 10. So when I put it up, this uh, August 3, 1973, it's the Greater 3 UZ official music survey. Uh, Angie said, thank God Elton, John and Bowie were there because there wasn't much else. Stephen wrote, Brian, pay attention. Due to your STD comments, Brian must discuss Come On, Feel the Noise and do you want to touch me during your discussion on this? And also the morning after, because I'm sure he can do something with that. <laughs> Stephen's gone for Daniel, Gene Genie, and Stuck in the Middle as his best. His worst are Delta Dawn, 12th The Never, and Gary Glitter. Heidi said she agreed with those three. Uh, didn't know where to start with the bads. Terry O'Grady said the mighty Slater in there, so it can't be that bad. Um, mate of uh, ours, uh, Tony Fossey, Brian? Oh, Yes. Foss uh, said his top three, uh, 14, 25, and 29. So that's uh, My Love, Stuck yeah, in the Middle, and yep. Indelible Shuffle, which I reckon he might have played on or had something to do with because that's the Indelible Merceps, which is Spectrum. Oh, yeah, I know he did play with um, Mike, uh, Rudd? Mike Rudd for yeah. a while, yeah. So I, reckon, I reckon that's part of the reason why yeah. Tone's gone no, for He's a lovely man. I think he's off to Thailand for a few months, so. Good luck to you, Tony, and I hope you're happy and smiling, and uh, I'll see you soon, my friend. Now, Heidi Ricketts also said, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, Brian, <laughs> which is pretty much, she said, what she was singing during the last five minutes of last week's show, which is pretty much what I was singing too at the time. Yeah, you, <laughs> didn't, seem too, you didn't seem too happy about it, and, and when I listened back, Kev, I, I think, you know, you were quite within your rights to feel a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. The show went for like about an hour and a half, and the last twenty minutes was talking about unspecific neuroscientists. Yeah, and all crams. right. We know people know what it was about, and you know, and you know what? Uh, when I listened to it, what what struck me as being the the oddest thing of the whole thing, it was all sparked by the mention of one song. That whole what discussion that? about. STDs was sparked by the mention of Islands in the Stream by Kenny Thingo and Dolly Thingo because well, that's think- the song that blokes used to get to play to take the piss out of Finey uh, because he'd had a couple of incidences. Well, if you've got the 
non-specific. We know, Brian. We know, Brian. Brian, it, I don't need to. It's burning sensation. So it feels like you've got a few islands in yeah. the stream, and I'm sure that was the inspiration right. for Barry Gibb when he wrote it. Okay. He was in riddle with the clap. <laughs> <laughs> From time to time, oh, John, he'd sure have good doctors. I'm, yes, you know, I'm, I'm, sure I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not saying that he, that's a fact. All right, let's get to this chart. It's highly stop. possible. Highly stop possible. it. That's enough. All right. Now, remind me to tell you the Maureen McGovern story that uh, came on the thing when we get to that. Uh, so, normally we start with Finey giving us his number three, good and bad, but Ken, uh, filling in for Finey, you get to start us off with your number three good and your number three bad out of this chart. Oh, as I say, the, like, like I've got apologies to so many songs on this chart because it's just, I found apologies so many good ones to, in the game. or apologies for? No, apologies to. I mean, you know, there's so many I could have got into my top three. Um, Gilbert O'Sullivan, Get Down. Yeah, good song. Uh, George Harrison, Give Me Love. Perry Como, And I Love You So. Track that I just love. And I love you so. Hang on, we've got your, your going all Some funny. Some of the other tracks yeah, that are on the radio, I tend to pick, I've got to admit, am I okay? Yeah, you're just going yeah, all, all funny. Got me. Yeah, it's like you had the vocoder on to do your vocals. Yeah, well, like, so what do you mean? <laughs> in, 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 uh, internet wise or music choices? No, no it just, it's, it's just sort of internet. Internet, no, really the, good old internet and the shit out of you. There's, there's some really great tracks in here. Could have picked a heap of them. I tend to go with the tracks that if I hear on the radio now, I still get excited about. And the, there's some really great, like Daniel by Elton John at the time was a great track. But you know, heard it a million times. The, okay, I'll go with my uh, number three good, and I still get excited when I hear it. And I really, really miss Brisbane's 4KQ because I used to play all this stuff that I love. My Love by Paul McCartney and Wings is just a killer Paul McCartney track, written of course for Linda. But um, yeah, I mean, you look at through you look through some of the McCartney stuff, and such a simple song, but such a beautiful song. My Love from uh, from that era, just fantastic. Yep. And your bad? The bad. Oh, there, there is some bad stuff in here, and I hate to do this because I don't like to single out the Aussies, but oh, he's a ripper bloke too. Jamie Redfern, Venus, number three. Oh, I'm sorry. Just didn't do it for me. No, didn't do it for a lot of people, I don't think. But anyway. Um, no. we, had, we had him on the show. With, we had Alice Cooper and Jamie Redfern on the same <laughs> show on Life of Brian. That was one of our best shows. Yeah, and he's a top great. bloke. Oh, he's, he's a, a good bloke. bloke. Yeah, he's, yeah. A good bloke. he's a good bloke. And very honest and um, forthcoming, and he's great. I'm not sure he had a lot to say in yeah. what songs he recorded and how they were no, promoted no, and all yeah. those things. So he was kind of, I think, a victim of those circumstances. Now, before you get to yours, Brian, I'll read fine. His number three best is the Gene Genie. And he mm-hmm. says, Do I love David Bowie? No. Do I think he's the type of self-important punts that probably spent most of his youth trying to perform oral sex on himself? Yes. <laughs> Why am I saying this? Bowie's career started brilliantly, but he spent the last three decades of his life trying unsuccessfully to keep up with countless musical genres in the hope he would be seen as relevant. The Gene Genie is an early contribution from the uber-creepy homosexual neo-Nazi, but as Kevin says, it does jump out of the radio when you hear it, which is what I was going to say when I put it into my top three. It's my favourite uber-creepy (laughs) neo-Nazi song, to be honest. and I think it's long been described as an uber, what I just said. Uber easy. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. And his number three bad is Daisy a Day by Judd Strunk. Daisy a Day, Judd Strunk. His name sounds like Jed's drunk, 
and he must have been to put this dross down on vinyl, formulatic tune, I think that's that word, god-awful subject matter, and it's sung by a nobody. Jed's bloody lucky there are two worse songs on this chart or he would have been number one. So there you go. Harsh words from the super coach. Yes, well, fun. And he's, he's, he's got a little cranky there with uh, with his choices, but I concur with <laughs> both of those. That's uh, Gene Genie's my number three good, same as his, and Judge Strunk, Daisy a Day, is my number three bad. Wow. So I'm with him well, on both. What do you got, Brian? Well, okay. Well, number three bad. It's, you know, it's always going to be there, and I figured it didn't deserve to be number one because it's actually a very good vocal from Shirley Bassey. Um, the song is beautiful, except till it goes, I love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you, hate you, love you. It's hurting him. It sounds like a police car or something. It's just, no. And just a quick story, David Bowie's doing a gig. I've told this before, Ken, stop me. No, you have told but, it before, but I'm not going to stop you. Uh, well, he's, he's doing know a how it in ends. some theatre in England. And he's, you know, he thinks he's pretty posh and he says to the, the theatre manager, he goes, now, excuse me, where's the bathroom? And the guy says, yeah, right. See there in the corridor, there's a sink there? That's your bathroom. And David Bowie says, I am not urinating in a, in a, in a sink. He goes, listen, pal. It's good enough for Shirley Bassey. It's good enough for you. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> um, my, my number three good one. Hang is on, have you put be... Shirley in the bad? Oh shit, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. No, oh. look, it could have been. It could have been good. Didn't you? Did you think he was praising that song I, rather I than? I thought he put yeah, it in me the good. Too. I'd make the no. down. You're good. Love you, hate you, love you. Yeah, hate. right, okay. Yeah, got that okay, bit, sorry. You know, it is a good song, bar from that bit. Oh, okay. And that bit undoes all of the good work. Right. So I'm sorry, Shirley, but you're, you're number three bad. Now, number three good is, oh, yeah, it's George, George Harrison, give me love, number 26. Give yeah, me nice love, song. give me love, give me peace. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Well, let's not ask for too much, kid. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, very good. Uh, yeah, good choices. Thank you. Good choices. Well, thank you. Right, Ken, number, uh, number two, good. Number two, bad. Number two, good, again, because it takes me back to 1973. This was all over the radio, and I still love it when I hear it on the radio today. Might surprise You guys might surprise a few others, but my number two, good, on Chart Attack this week is from Don McLean. If we try. Oh, Kenny. <laughs> Don't, Don't be surprised. That's a great song. I give it seven, seven and a half. I think it's it does what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. You tell it us does. why you love it, Ken. Well, I, it, as I say, it takes me back. It's a song that was on the radio just a massive amount back in those days. And you've got to remember that we talked about, you know, this stuff wouldn't have worked on Countdown, but 3XY in Melbourne, and obviously um, UZ was playing this stuff. They were playing Perry Como and then playing Slade. That's just the way it was. Yep. And Don McLean's If We Tried was just all over the radio. When I hear it, it takes me back. I haven't heard it flogged to death on the radio in the last 40-something years. So when I do hear it now, I just think, oh, take me back. It's a great track. Yeah, okay. It's better than Vincent, but oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Starry, starry night. Oh, Vincent was ponderous. Pinch your palette blue and green. Oh, here we go. I love Vincent. Do you? Yeah, I think Melody's beautiful. Yeah, okay. 
<clears throat> I think he's a good singer, Don McLean. I don't mind him as a singer, but yeah. Apparently so, he's a top root. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Um, what's your bad one, Ken? Number two bad. Oh, this brought back nightmares. Tony Marshall, pretty oh. made. You know, as, as I said, there's some great stuff on this chart, but there is some bad stuff and – yeah, no. As soon as I saw, I didn't even do that to go and listen to it. No oh. da, 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 da. Pretty mate, salt in the road. Jesus, it's an awful song. Yes, dreadful song. Three countdown days. Made even worse the fact that my mother liked that song. There you go. Yeah, there you go. This was my oh, first. Seventy three was my first year in radio, so I played all this stuff. Everything on yep. this, I reckon, I played everything that's on this chat. I played on the radio at some stage. You traitor. You bastard. You bet. And I looked at some of this shit today and went, my God, I didn't. Did I really play that? You are guilty of ruining Australian culture. Thank you. You know, (laughs) give me a day. I was 16. Give me a break. Rather than, you know, some Led Zeppelin song or something, you know, you, you. Yep. Kev, I don't think I've been more furious than I am right now. Fair <laughs> enough. I can I can handle that. Now, Finding's number two worst. Interesting, mm. interesting song, this one. I went so close to putting this in my top three worst, and then I listened to it today and decided not to. Finding's number two worst is Hocus Pocus Focus. Worst. Worst. As he said, where do you go from Hocus Pocus if your band name is Focus? Pocus Locus, maybe. <laughs> Thank these idiots and this song for the worldwide uh, <laughs> for the worldwide pandemic of hallucinogenics. It has an instrumental opening with a longer run-up than Ben Brown, followed by 15 seconds of yodelling from the escapees from an insane asylum. It's then played over and over and over on a loop. Very crazy era of the early 70s. And I listened to this today and, and thought that, because uh, my memory of it was it was silly... Um, you know, noises in it and all that, the yodeling and yep. stuff in it. And then I listened to it. It's actually not a bad piece of music, but mm. finding one sort of it's number two, bad. Now, his number two, good, mm-hmm. is a song that I'm most surprised he has in here. Um, Frankenstein by the Edgar Britt. Sorry, the Edgar Winter Group. <laughs> <laughs> now, finally says here, middle finger to all those lazy radio producers who knock together a Halloween playlist by going to Wikipedia and getting the songs with scary titles and then don't bother to listen to any of the tracks. Kev, you know those dynamics, I'm sure. You see, Frankenstein is an instrumental number with a bloody good one at that. Uh, but just playing it on your Halloween, playing it on Halloween or Friday the 13th radio show doesn't mean a thing to the audience. It's actually a really good piece of music. It's a, mm. They're a good band, the Edgar Winter Group. I loved Free Ride. Um, but finally he's uh, managed yeah. to push that one into to his number two, which I think is a very good choice. My number two, good. Number two. Thank you, Brian. Um, I'll have to write Finey's name. <laughs> My number two, good. Um, it yeah, it's a bit um, it's a bit oh to toss up between these two, but I'm going to go with this one. Um, it's a bit sort of syrupy, I suppose. But it, it, when I first heard it, I thought that is a really good song. He sings it beautifully, and it's it's sweet. It's a really sweet song, and it's still a sweet song some fifty years later. And that's "You Are the Sunshine of My Life" by Stevie Wonder. Just a really sweet yeah. song, sweet sentiment, um, and uh, hasn't hasn't sort of. Dissipated over the years, to be honest. I, I still, mm. still, it's still one of those. It's a happy song. Yeah, 
Yeah, it still rings true. Yeah, my number two bad. Oh God, could I pick some of these the, the eyes out of these things? But um, I'm going to go with this one because I I wasn't actually. This is one of the ones I had in my list of to have a listen to because I'd completely forgotten about it. And when I listened to it, I saw the the clip that they show on YouTube is a live version of it. And God, um, it's awful, and and he's awful. And it's terrible. There's two songs on this chart where you see performers live in front of big audiences with big bands behind them, big, big moments in their in their career. One of them is You Gave Me a Mountain by Elvis Presley, which is a massively big song and big thing. The other one is I'm a Clown by David Cassidy. Oh. My God. Um, David needs to have a really good, hard, long look at himself. Or should have. He can't now, obviously. Um, uh, because this is just one of the worst songs ever. And – he sings it like he's singing You Gave Me a Mountain, like this is some really big, important lyrics with some really big uh, key changes and some musical things where I can go, ah, and and move like Elvis. He's sitting on a stool. He's got these two gorgeous backup singers and this massive big band, and it is this, I am a clown. It's bloody <laughs> awful. Um. And you, I well, think you said this last week, Brian. They used to speed his records up because he sang more like a Daryl Summers and a Dennis Walter than he did like a David Cassidy. Yeah, and that's was his thing. He hated it, and you totally gazumped me because. Oh, sorry. That is my uh, no, not at all. Um, I'm, I'm glad we both agree that I am a clown by David Cassidy is an absolute. F- Stinker, excuse the <laughs> word stinker. Um, but, you know, I went and saw David Cassidy live. My wife was a big fan, so, yeah. and she never got to see him in the 70s. So we bought it. And I don't know what the hell he's got going on down his pants, but it looked like he had a flashlight <laughs> down there. And and it was a pretty ordinary show. I mean, it might have been a bottle um, of scotch. Um, well, it might have been. He's just, you've got one there. But the problem with this song is like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to be Frank Sinatra or, you yeah, know, yeah. Mel Torme. It just, it just really sucked. Um, it was just trying too hard. You know, I don't want to be a pop star, so I'm going to sing this so that I can be a, a Frank Sinatra or something. It, it just didn't work. So, Like a really sucked. bad audition to be a, uh, a, you know, the big singer in a nightclub in Vegas. Yeah, which... Yeah, anyway. Sad. Yeah. It was sad. I watched it today. I found it sad. I thought, geez, really? This was this was like one of the high points of your thing? Certainly wasn't. I think at that stage you could just do a fart in the studio. Yeah, and well, you're solved. probably right. So what are your number two? Uh, is that, is that um, it? My number two good mm-hmm. is, uh, well, I'm going to – this could be number one, but, you know, we've already spoken about it and I have to put – Come on, feel the noise by Sladen. So that's my number two good. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah, it's just great. Well, you've gazumped me because that's my number one. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't put number no, one. No, it's all right. I don't mind. I, I guess what I'm going to. It's it's the best song on the chart from my point of view, so uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be gazumped there. And what's your number two bad? Is it David Cassidy? No, we, we, yeah, we went David Cassidy. Okay. All right, Kenny, we're back to you now. Number one. So you've got My Love and If We Try and You're Good, and you've got yep. Venus. Uh, by Jamie Redford and Pretty Made by Tony Marshall. Ooh. Jeez. Um. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, no, it's really – oh, geez, they're bad songs. So what's number one? Here we go. All right, I'm going I'm to go number one bad first. Mm-hmm. And this will be controversial because I looked online and I saw quite a few comments from people when this was in their, their good list. But for me, it's one of those songs that just never clicked with me. I've always hated it. And it's one of those songs that I thought, doesn't matter, you know, it, it'll go away. And for the last 50 years, I've heard it two or three times a week on the radio. So my number one bad on this week's edition of Chart Attack is from Steeler's Wheel, Stuck in the Middle with You. Controversial. I love Jerry Rafferty when he did Baker Street and the City to City album and all the stuff that came later. But Stuck in the Middle with You just got on my nerves from 1973 onwards and has never left. Yeah. I, no, I can understand that. It's not a song that I – it was in a – when did it get reinvented in a movie? Was it in – Reservoir Dogs. That's right, yeah. Um, he chops the cop's ear off. Um, yeah, funny song, Kenny. I, I, I agree with you. It's not a song that has travelled well with me over the years, but it's not one that I've kind of thrown up against the wall and given, you know, the flick to. But, no, I can understand why it would annoy no, you. Well, I did. I flung it at the wall and it's still there. Yep. But, but my number Sorry. one – and here it is. It jumped out of the radio again, and this is why I am missing Brisbane's 4KQ so much because this was on their playlist. Thank you, Brent James. But I love this song in 1973, and fortunately, it wasn't flogged to death in all the years later. But I love this song. I love the guy. My number one is Susie Darlin by Barry Crocker. Oh, I reckon wow. it's just an absolute killer song. He does it so well. The backing vocals in there, which people say are Olivia Newton-John, and um, possibly Pat Carroll. Probably. Maybe Ian, maybe Ian Turpies slipped in there. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think Turps might have been off the, uh, the scene uh, with Lippy coming. Might have been Terps, might have been on the Turps. <laughs> <laughs> More than likely. You I sure love Turps. Just, you sure Turpsy didn't just slip in there? No, we're not doing it. Uh, <laughs> no. Brian, shut up. No, no, no. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure it was just the girls on their own in the backing vocals and Barry was just there in the solos. That's what everybody thought. That's what Turpsy <laughs> wanted yes. them to think. You notice they were always up close to a curtain when they were singing? Guess who was behind the curtain? Oh, seriously. <laughs> Turpsy. You've got, you've got problems. Um, yeah, good, good choice. Well, I was saying, if you listen to the record very carefully, you can hear Turps in the background going, <laughs> come on down. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, interesting choice, Ken. It, it's a, it is a good song, and it, it did get played very heavily in Brisbane too. I remember um, playing it a lot. And, in fact, um, we had Barry Crocker um, recently. I had him on the on the radio show in Geelong. Did we, have, we had him on Life of Brian. Yeah. And yeah. um and he, he's he, our old mate. Yeah, he's he's very he's very he's he's having a Barry Crocker at the moment because they're using his name for the um that undies thing that's going on at the moment. So he's trying to get. I think he's trying to get some. I know he's trying to get some money out of them or not. Yeah. Probably. Um. Don't blame some undies out of. Them. Wouldn't blame him if he if he did get a few bucks out of them. Obviously, he should. Um. But yeah, mention Susie Darling to him. I, I think it's a song that he still has great fondness for as well. No, I should be proud of it. So it's a really good song. And as I say, it's it's one of the songs that if it comes on the radio, I crank it up. I love it. It's a great track. Takes me back to 73 the minute it comes on. And and uh, would only be the old, now defunct 4KQ in Brisbane that would have played that song because no one else, I don't think anyone's yeah, you, played you it since the You won't the hear it anywhere anymore. Very, very sad. Yeah, it and they played it, played it and played it with respect. Yeah, oh, good. That's a great thing about 4KQ. Oh, good They on play them. all those songs. And I can't understand why no other radio station has picked up that playlist. 
why wouldn't you pick up all those songs and all those artists? Like Ray Burgess was big on 4KQ. Love Fever? It, love Fever, yep. <laughs> great, great song, but, you know, just don't hear it. Why would, yeah. why would you continue? Why do I continually hear On the Road to Nowhere, Underneath the Radar? Oh, yeah. Why am I hearing Blue these songs? Sky Mine. Oh, over and over and over again. Here's these proven hits. Obviously, a proven winner with a 4KQ playlist because they were still rating extremely well. And why why would anyone not pick that up and just continually go back and rehash what we've heard a million times? Or even inject them. I mean, the, the station I work for in Geelong does a fair bit of that flashback stuff. And when, yep. uh, unlike, and I'll say this, unlike a lot of other stations who talk about, oh, we've got a flashback weekend on, and then they play Blue Sky Mine, um, yep. uh, when they have a flashback weekend, they play stuff like Susie Darlin and, and they'll play songs and I'll go, my God. I'll be driving yeah. down in the car, uh, you know, heading to do my show on a Saturday, and they'll play, and, and then I'll be in there on a Saturday. I'll play something. My God, I haven't played this for thirty years. Yeah, probably forty it years. Makes you listen. Yeah, it does. It and yeah. it, yeah. it surprises yeah. you and delights you. Uh, it, yeah, I don't think it make. I, I, I'm still one of those people who does not believe that it makes you turn the radio off. No, because no. even if it's a shit song that you haven't heard for a long time, you go, oh God, I hated this. You stick with it, but if it's something you've heard to death, like we built this city on rock and roll, you're yeah. like, where's the next no, channel? I'm with, you. with you, and yeah, I heard yeah. you know I've heard that at six o'clock on a Saturday night coming out of the speak out of the yeah. news of the leading uh, oldie station in Melbourne, and th- and thought, really, why are you playing that? I reckon a radio station should just go and say, right, all you guys, just play whatever you like. No, and it, well, it wouldn't work. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The last time that happened was 1982, around about July to August of 1982, was the last time I got to walk into the record library at Three XY and pick from Jack and uh, I can't remember the girl's name now. We're sitting in the record library, and that's the last time I ever picked music because the next on the Monday after that, I walked in and the music director handed me. Some cards and stuff, and here's what you're playing. I went, hang on, I'm going to go, nah, we've introduced music research, and as of now, here's what you're playing. Yeah, music research. It used to be great. You'd walk into the the record library, and you'd be flipping through and go, oh, yeah, I want to hear, I want to play on a carousel by the Hollies today. Oh, that's what I want. And you'd think you'd you'd pick that one, then that would be in the blue pile, and then you'd need to have three reds. And you'd go, oh, play that bloody – or play the Edgar Winter Group free ride that oh yeah good and you yeah. find that and bring that out and that's and that there was an excitement about what you're playing yeah. rather than Ooh. when you walked in and he handed you the you know the twenty songs that you're going to play or whatever or the cards so as you knew which ones to pick out and you go oh okay road to nowhere you geez thanks yeah. Uh, yeah. oh great yeah it's like I make playlists you know depending on moods and atmosphere I've got a Gold Coast playlist and stuff but on my playlists. You know, it might be God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols and then it's Dean Martin, Little Old Wine Drinker. Mm. And yep. and if there was a radio station that was that extreme, I'd be listening to it So, well, what are they going to do next? Yeah. Well, Rather you know that if you, if you I do. I know what they're going to yeah, do. Yeah, if you get Perry Como and you don't like Perry Como, so you and I are listening to the same station, Ken. You yep. you like Perry Como? I don't particularly. I'm not fond of that particular song, uh, yep. so they play that. But I know that at the end of that, there's a chance it might become on Feel the Noise by Slade. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And and I'd listen to Perry Como and go, 
shit, he actually sings really well, <laughs> you know. Um, and I'd find something in there that I like because, yeah, no, no, that's what they should do. Yeah, I agree. And one of the TV stations, you know, Seven Mate, or well, not Seven Mate, that's not bad, but, you know, one of those things, just play movies for 24 hours. Don't worry about, you know, all your realities. Just play old movies, you know, Boris Karloff. Yeah. The Blob with Steve McQueen. Just, you know, just play movies. Anyway. Bad idea. All right. Let's get to – now, that's it's Ken's uh, three, two, and one, three, two, and one. Yes, we're done. All right. We're on to Finey's. Yep. Okay. So, so Finey's best. Here you go, Kenny. This will be a surprise. Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. <laughs> Finey writes, I actually really liked this song before it became a radio standard thanks to the movie Reservoir Dogs. It was in that movie that fictional DJ K. Billy played this track on his Super Sounds of the 70s radio show while Mr. Blonde, played by Michael Madsen, went to work on a policeman with a flick knife and a jerry can full of petrol, as earlier described in the program by Brian Mannix. Great song nonetheless with catchy riffs and the immortal line, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Bit like uh, bit like this when you think about – oh, now it hasn't printed the second page. So I don't know what the ending was. Sorry. Finally, I'll, I'll, it's a bit like this like program. Yes, I'm sure he was alluding to this program, but I'll have to find it. Uh, here he is. Hang on. It says here – bit like this when you think about it. Yes, he was referring to this program. Now, he's number yeah, one yeah. bad. Oh, and this is a stinker. You've picked a beauty. Finey, I couldn't fit it into my top three, but by geez, it deserves to be there. Number 96 started in March of 1972, and before long, we all got to see Abigail's boobs. Shit, I was only seven, and I can remember all the fuss. By the way, some years later, Channel O went to soft porn soap as well with The Box, which disappointingly was about a fictional TV station. Unsurprisingly, everybody was trying to cash in on Abigail's boobs. And one of the spin-offs was the musical disaster that is in this chart called Shatem. <laughs> Abigail can't sing, and this song was god awful. Well, can't say I, disagree. Remember going, I remember going to the footy and you go into the change rooms and all the guys would walk around in the nude. <laughs> and then and Sally Abigail had come out. That was the first time I saw Abigail's boobs. Well before number 96. <laughs> It was at an Essendon North Melbourne game. I went into the North Melbourne change rooms. All the guys were showering off and that, and then out comes Abigail with her boobs out and um, obviously a North Melbourne fan. So there you go. Right. Thanks, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, quite, it was in some sort of interruption there from some intergalactic force that uh, has strayed into the program. Well, now, she, she probably came out with the liniment. Yeah, more than likely. Um, number she one, a, Brian. Uh, Number one, good or bad? Yeah, Both. Which would you like? Brian, I'd like, I'd like one of each. Thanks if I can, Mr Mannix. Uh, That's greedy. generally how we do this on the program. Well, okay. Well, number one good mm-hmm. um, is Elvis Presley. I think it's number 15, Kev. You, can- you gave me a mountain? This time, Lord, you gave me a mountain. That's a great song, and it's epic. And um, I saw it in a play written by Alan Bleasdale. Well, they you lonesome tonight, and when I saw the way it was used in that play, it's always had a uh, a big meaning for me. It's 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 really good. Yeah, hang on. 
Oh. I think we've lost. Our, said what? We've lost our gold. Said what? We've lost our Gold Coast connection. I, uh, I want to know what it had for him. Yeah, that could be any. That could be for any reason whatsoever. Who knows? Hopefully, like you'll a- you'll dial back in and we'll um we'll get him because I don't know what his number one bad is. So we need to get that. My to- I'll do mine while I'm on. My number one uh, good, obviously, is uh, "Come on, Feel the Noise" by Slade. I'm a massive big fan. We had uh, Noddy Holder's wife, Susan, who's an author these days on on our Life of Brian podcast, and she's a ripper. And uh, and Noddy just uh, that, that was the first big concert I ever went to in Brisbane at Lang Park was Slade, uh, Status Quo, Caravan, and Lindisfarne, all on the one bill on a, a Australia Day weekend at Lang Park, uh, Suncorp Stadium, as it's called now, and it was just awesome. And and Slade were just fantastic, and I loved them. So. Um, yeah, come on, feel the noise wins my number one spot. Number yeah, one bad. Oh God, there's some awful songs on this chart. I mentioned I don't want to play house earlier. That's dreadful. Tie yellow ribbons, bloody awful. Twelfth uh, and ever by Donny Osmond is bloody horrible. Well, hello by Yellowstone and Voice. Oh. Oh, I hate to tell you, I had that on my good list. Did you really? Because, see, it takes me back to 1973. Yeah, no, I can understand that, but it's one of those songs, I, I. Sort of half remembered it and had to listen to it this afternoon. Thought eh, it's one of those, another one of those sort of uh, novelty-ish yeah, it took, type songs. It, it took you back to nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, it did. No, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but the the one. Uh, sorry, the, the, this song has got a one of the worst lyrics I've ever heard in my entire life. I wish I had button eyes and a red felt nose, a shaggy cotton skin, and just one set of clothes. Sitting on the shelf in the local department store with no dreams to dream and nothing to be sorry for. I wish I had a wooden heart and a sawdust mind. Then your memory wouldn't come around hurting all the time. I'd have a sewed-on smile and painted twinkle in my eye and I would never would have ever had to learn to cry. Oh, crow, Jesus. It's called the Teddy Bear Song by Barbara Fairchild. It, uh, it is just one of the worst songs and she sings... Like they get the balloon and give her the helium and then the go, helium. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's an awful song. Uh, so it easily wins my uh, my uh, number one bad uh, very easily. Now I don't think we're going to get Brian back though. I he, has, he hasn't gone off the balcony, has he? No, I don't think he's gone off the balcony. He probably knowing Brian and how well um, intentioned he is before each program. Uh, he's probably run out of battery on his phone, <laughs> which would, would probably be close to the mark, and he probably doesn't know where the button is on his phone to turn it back on again. But I'll check that. I'll ring him, and we'll uh, we'll see if oh, he. Here we uh, go. Yeah, well, I won't ring that bloke because he'll get upset if I ring him. Uh, <laughs> so I better ring Brian and not the other rock star whose number just came up on my phone. Uh, who was talking? Who, who was that? Brian May. No, earlier today I was talking to him. So not totally available. Uh, I can let them know you called by sending oh. a text message with your phone number. No. I don't want to leave him a message. No, so he's not coming back. So we won't know his number no, one. No. So we'll have to finish off oh, without gee. knowing it. Sort of. We could make oh, it up. Just... Hound Dog uh, by Sherbet. Brian hates Sherbet. Brian thinks Sherbet terrible band and uh, has uh, Hound Dog by Sherbet as his number one uh, worst song. No, I'm making that up. Hey Kenny, thanks for stepping into uh, Finey's uh, very very big uh, uh, football boots. We're sort of like one of those rock bands that reforms and then all the original members sort of peter out over time and you're sort of left with we're just a shell of what was once there. It's just you and me now, Kevin, uh, just sort of here me. to sort of 
pick up the threads. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll bring this home. Um, and I do, and as I mentioned, uh, if uh, you want to know why Finey is is not with us, it's because he lost his voice screaming and yelling at the the Ajax match. And uh, there is photographic evidence will be up on the uh, Facebook page and social media in the coming days to show you Mr. Fine in action in his umpire's uniform, official umpire's uniform, and his little tiny little whistle that uh, that the players couldn't hear, which made meant that he had to yell. So. Uh, that meant that he didn't have a voice, so he'll be back with us next week. Where Thanks, did you get Ken? the whistle from? Like out of one of those cereal oh. packets or something? Uh, who knows? Probably a plant from someone in the crowd who decided <laughs> that that was the best way to get him, give him a little whistle that no one could hear, and he probably wouldn't uh, cause any problems. But the the match, with the, they had a huge crowd there. Um, it looks terrific on the video. They had a great day, so um, I'm sure he thoroughly enjoyed it. But he, he, he umpired for the whole 90 minutes that the game went, so... Um, wow. okay. he's, he's very fit these days physically, but I didn't think he'd have the aerobic capacity to get through, but he did. So good on him. Good on him. But obviously the voice gave out. Yeah, just the voice has gone. Well, you know, he hasn't been he's, – he's been off the radio for a while now, so he's lost uh, He's lost that, that thing you get when you do a lot of on-air hours. Hey, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. Hey, Ken, thanks so much for being on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. Take care and look after yourself. Uh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And um, the finally, has got to look after that voice because we want to know what happened at the $2 shop this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ken. See you, mate. Thanks, everyone, Thanks, for listening. Kevin. We'll be back next time. Rock and roll. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.